Hi, this is Christopher Walken. I, uh, calling in is sick and wrong with a joke. Uh, what's the difference between Amy Winehouse and a moped? A moped can make it to 30. Gotta go. Bye. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. One of your hosts, D. Simon. Get down on your knees and kiss this man's feet. I'm Lance Wackerly. If I was that dude, I'd be dreaming of boobs. We're going to stay here all night if we have to, so let's get started. Uh, can I go when this starts to suck? Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. One of your hosts, D. Simon. I'm Lance Wackerly. What's up there, Wacker? I noticed that uh, you're on the podcast, which means you're in your house, which means you're not at the Occupying Wall Street rally or sit-in or whatever the fuck you want to call it that's going on right now, probably in Oakland. Yeah, in Oakland. I'm 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 doing my part. I'm occupying so, podcast chair. <laughs> so so wait wait, what's the deal? Are you conservative all of a sudden now? Are you are you against the movement? I said I'm I'm occupying podcast chair. Are you backing? We all, we those... all got to we all got to occupy something. Are you supporting those fat cat bankers? Oh, uh, I, I mean, I have a bank account. <laughs> I haven't closed I thought, my bank account. I thought you'd be going down there and pretending to act all interested, just so maybe you could like get a little piece of ass or free I beer. I did. Go, I did go down there. Oh, you did actually check it out. I did check it out. There are probably about 500 people down there and uh, down by City Hall in Oakland, all where, hanging around in tents and stuff, and uh, where there's a guy they, doing a speech. Are they like uh, like in t- camping like right by Lake Merritt over there, or like in front no, of City Hall or on the closer sidewalk? To, closer to downtown. Okay. It's, so uh, there's like a, you know, there's a big lawn in front of City Hall, and that's where they all are. There's a little sort of amphitheater. Huh. There's a guy, like I said, there's a guy doing a speech. He looked like... Just imagine every dude you ever played hacky sack with in college, <laughs> and if yeah. you just rolled them all into one person, that was the guy sort of rallying the troops. Hippie. So wait, are these are these like the same guys that were, uh, like the same people are there, are they the same people that were protesting um, the guy that got shot on the BART? I think it's a little different. They're, th- those people were more militant. This is more like a rainbow gathering type crowd. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of overlap. If you draw the Venn diagram, there's like a big overlap. But uh, the attitude of the group as a whole seems more festive. Can I say that? So more like a Grateful Dead audience. Yeah. An audience at a Grateful Dead show. Or a fish That's, show. I mean, honestly, I was there for maybe three minutes. So, But that was my quick impression. My impression... I went to the one down what are here. They, what are they occupying there? Like the Price is Right studio? <laughs> well, it's funny because... in Hollywood? You know, the, this Occupy Wall Street movement is uh, it's, it's a series of protests that are going on, sit-in protests that are going on against corporate greed and economic inequality, and it's spread across America. It started, you know, I think in mid-September in New York City at... Uh, September 17th, to be exact. Zuccotti Park, which is uh, in the financial district there, and now it's kind of swelled. It's, I've heard it's even moving across the pond 
now to uh, London. But um, the one in L.A. is right by City Hall, so it's downtown L.A. And it's funny, I, you know, I didn't even know they had one going on here in L.A. I'd been reading about the one in New York, but I didn't know they were you know, doing anything here in L.A. because no one walks mm-hmm. anywhere. So, no. I, you know, I was, um, I was leaving my building to go to the bank, and I ran into this neighbor of mine who is an all right guy, but he's kind of one of those dudes that I think he's been, he's been out of – he's been unemployed for probably about maybe six to seven months at least – since I've lived here, well, why, never, why is he unemployed? I, I just because, don't because the bankers are keeping all the money and they're not hiring anybody. Perhaps I think he's unemployed because he doesn't need to get a job because he lives off his girlfriend. I mean, oh, he's just kind of one of those like parasitic boyfriends that just kind of sits there and plays video games and complains about the bankers preventing him from getting a job. Yeah, and then so uh, he, he shouldn't be rocking the boat at all. He seems like he has a pretty sweet setup. Well, I don't know. He's, he's walking, just, he should be arguing for like the status quo. Totally, and just uh, just you know, let it roll, man. This is I'm going to ride this one out. This is kind of cool. But uh, you know, I, anyway, I, I was leaving the building. I saw him. I ran into him. I was like, "Oh, hey, dude, are you going to a job interview?" <laughs> and he was just like, "Yeah, right." And I was like, well, "What are you doing?" He's like, "Well, I'm going to the the OSW, uh, you know, rally down by City Hall." OWS like, or OWS, and I was just like. What is that? And then he told me, I was like, oh, really? I didn't know they were doing one here in L.A. So I went with him to go check it out. And, yeah, I was there for maybe 10 minutes. But it's kind of a similar a similar circumstance that you, that you experienced. It was just um, a bunch of uh, hippies, like hippie-looking people. Like people – I did see a topless girl there, which really? was kind of nice. Was she painted? Yeah, she had did like she, she had funny, uh, words on her, like on? 99%, but it was covering the nipples. Oh yeah, it was I, I protest that. <laughs> You're gonna have your tits out. But there are a bunch of tents. I would say up. there's Come probably on. there are probably like 350, maybe 400 people there, and they they're drums. There's some guitars. A lot of You were of there signs. during the day, right? Yeah, I went there probably around closer to about five. Okay, see, I was there when after dark. It was probably eight thirty. So did you did you see like a festive like atmosphere in terms of like a lot of people drinking, hanging out, smoking some weed? I did smell some reefer. I assume that there was drinking going on. Why wouldn't there be? Um, yeah, there's kids there kicking the soccer ball around, that sort of thing. Uh, I don't know. It didn't look too in- intimidating or anything. Didn't look, seem like an angry mob, that's for sure. Well, that's one thing um, I've, I've noticed a lot of uh, people have been saying about these this Occupy Wall Street movement. It's like a lot of these they, – they, they claim there's like a makeshift village in Zuccotti Park. And these people are – there are a lot of opportunistic junkies and homeless people that are making most of the free food and the free drug situation that's going on there. So they they're making use of it. Well, yeah, they're making uh, the most of it, and because they're the, getting... jun- the junkies aren't preparing meals for everybody, that would be out of character. No, they're just showing up. They're like, "Sweet, I'm sure the homeless people are stoked." It's like, hey, man, we can just get all this free food and be like, "Yeah, yeah, we're we're, we're with the power. Fight the power. That's cool." Yeah, you know, give me yeah, another the home- beer. The, the homeless crackhead's like, "I've been occupying this park for ten years." <laughs> Finally, you guys caught on. Well, I'm sure there's like a you know a decent number of like serious activists who started the whole thing, but I think they they're claiming like the news is claiming that it's spiraling into this urban rave type of situation. Rave. Yeah, they're saying they're saying that they're. Um, I saw a picture of some dude taking a shit on a police car. They're saying that people are fucking in these sleeping bags. There's discarded packets of condoms, cigarettes, bottles of wine. You know, um, they, they even have boxes of free condoms in the main area where protesters are camping in Zuccotti Park in New York. 
I think this is kind of unfortunate for the people who are really behind the cause because really they want to uh, put forth an image of rage and they're, and they're ending up with rave. <laughs> Not rage. Well, you yeah. know what, though? I wonder what's going to happen because tomorrow Mayor Bloomberg said that they're going to force everybody, I'd say almost evict everybody from Zuccotti Park because they, they claim that it has to be cleaned. So they're going to move everybody or evict everybody, um, you know, clean up all the tents, vacate Zuccotti Park for sanitation reasons. Usually that park's clean on a weekly basis. It's been about, I don't know, probably a month. Almost that, coming up on a month there. Yeah, coming up on a month that no one's cleaned anything. Where are these people going? Where are these people, you know, excreting? Where are they, where are they going to the bathroom? I heard they were using the Starbucks and cars. McDonald's and everything. It is Starbucks. I, can't, I can't imagine if there's there's 500 people in the park camping and some dude just takes a massive runny, you know, hummus shit in the middle of the park <laughs> that people don't complain. Either the other, his co-protesters are like, dude, don't don't shit right here. We've been here. We got to stay here for another month. You can't just shit right there. Well, especially, I mean, do people don't do that when they camp in the wilderness anyway? I mean, they you go out of the way to shit. So I'm sure people yeah. respect that. It's a campground. Well, it's, it's, it's a public park. It's not really a campground. That's part of the problem. Well, what, I don't uh, understand why New York. I, I, I tend to. I kind of think this is what, maybe like a right wing talking point that they're all they're just all like pigs living in their own feces. in their squalor. Yeah, living in their feces. I'm I, sure. There, I'm sure there's one or two turds. I mean, with 500 people, somebody's gonna shit, right? But well, oh, exactly. Well, I'm wondering though. Do you think tomorrow that there might actually be a rage? Do you think the protesters? You know, when uh, Bloomberg says like as of eight o'clock on Friday morning, tomorrow morning. Um, they're going to come out and clear out the entire park. Do you think the people are just going to, you know, acquiesce, tail between the legs, and head on back to their parents' you know, well, you know, middle-class homes in the suburbs? Or do you think there's going to be a fight here? Do you think there's going to be some violence in the street? I, I think it'll be that milk toast sort of, um, like, I've been brutalized! And, and some, you know, the cops will arrest a bunch of people. And, and to be fair, probably 50% of the time they will brutalize the people. And then 50% of the time, it'll just be, you know, hey, you know, I got to put plastic. If you're not going to move, if you're not going to obey a police order, I got to put plastic handcuffs on you and drag you to the police car. And it's, so I guess you could consider that brutality, but what am, what else am I going to do? Tear gas and zip ties. That's what you're thinking? Yeah. I've, I've been tear gassed before. It's not that bad. Well, I wonder, I wonder if, uh, that, that wasn't at a Comic-Con, was it? When you're rushing? It was actually at a Klan rally. Okay. <laughs> That's almost even more disturbing. I, I, I wasn't I wasn't attending the Klan rally. I was oh, okay. observing the Klan rally, and they sort of just gassed everybody. Yeah, and it, it just kind of smarts a little bit, makes it tear up yeah. a bit, but it's not yeah. too bad. I mean, if they if they launched uh, a tear gas canister into like a porta john with you, it, it would be pretty unpleasant. But if you're out in the open air, it, it kind of dilutes the effect. It's I probably think. nothing worse than what I put into my lungs in the Lon- you know, in the Los Angeles air on a regular basis. And you know, right, or at the end of a coffin nail. Yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it's too bad. But I'm just wondering if tomorrow, if they're going to comply with what uh, Mayor Bloomberg. You know, with, with the, the eviction notice from Mayor Bloomberg, uh, one of the um, members. Of I think the, they'll either comply or they'll, or, they'll, or they'll be forced to comply. Right? It's not like the cops are going to back down. 
Well, one of the members of the OWS media team, which I didn't even know they were that organized, he said that there's no way protesters can comply with all the outlines set in the letter from the city. He said that uh, they expressly forbid forbid them from emptying the parks, trash receptacles themselves, that cleaning would include the removal of all tarps and sleeping bags, which uh, the residents have been using to spend the night in the parks. So they, you know, they won't just let the hippies, you know, clean it up for themselves. They want the whole, the the you know, the whole thing, the entire park cleaned out so they can spray the streets down now you've purchased drugs from a drug dealer <laughs> at one point I, I don't want to ruin your political career or anything but you've purchased drugs from a drug dealer in the past right once where you twice. go over to the you go over to the hippie's house yeah once Th- their, their standards of cleanliness are not really up to the general public or you know <laughs> what the government's standards of cleanliness so I, I can see why you know you'd say hey mr you know rainbow leaf you know squirrel spirit <laughs> we're not going to allow you to just clean up the park yourself because you know i've been to your apartment and uh covering everything up with like a, a tie-dyed tar you know big uh, shawl is not gonna well, cut dude, they, no they just light some sage and some patchouli and think okay well that smell of hippie hummus diarrhea is gone now it's like, no, actually it isn't it still smells like baloney in here okay yeah, yeah we're gonna clean so i i have an I haven't gotten to the bottom of this. Is is Bloomberg's intent to clean it up and then let them come back? Well, that's what they said. They, they're allowed to come back, but they can't bring any tents. Like, you can't bring tents, you can't sleep there. And so this, right. I think, is a, you know, this is a, a, a watershed moment here for this, this nascent movement. Because what's going on with this? Do you, would you even call the OWS, you know, uh, protests a movement yet? Like, what, what's their objective? What, what, what are they doing out there? And I think that's what what's, people, okay, they've, they've achieved the, their main objective, I guess, of, of opening awareness to the inequality that's, that's occurring within our, our system. But, and, and people are talking about it. You know, the news organizations are talking about I think uh, you oh, know, people in the Midwest are talking about it. But what's their goal? What's their objective? What are their aims? I have no idea. I've been reading about it. I, I have no idea. Have, I, I actually went to their website because I, I want to give these people the benefit of the doubt, right? Well, same with <laughs> mainly me. Be, mainly because nobody ever got laid being more conservative than the youth. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, I mean, the thing is, I agree with their convictions. I just kind of have an issue with their methodology. You know, with, with this whole, this occupation but, but of their the con- park. But their convictions seem to be that they're angry. Well, no, I being agree, angry though. is great. I'm angry most of the time, but, but but where's it guided? What's it pointed to? Like, what's 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 their objective? I went to their website and they have a uh, call to action page. I think this is just occupywallstreet.org, and so they have five bullet points about um, what their issues are, and it's like. Uh, if you agree that freedom is the right to communicate, to live, to be, to go, to love, to do what you will without imposition of others, then you might be one of us. Which sounds like an advertising slogan, right? You could you could switch. You might be one of us with. Then you should buy a Ford truck, you know. Or you know, I think the Tea Party probably uses the same slogan. Yeah. Um, their second one is weird. It's if you agree that a person is entitled to the sweat of their brows. Which is very like Ayn Randian. Like, what the fuck? Are they objectivists? Are they hyper conservative? That's weird. I don't even understand what that even means. Well, that's that's like lifted straight out of Atlas Shrugged, which you wouldn't think that these people would get behind, but who knows? And the, the third one is uh, 
Uh, if you agree that uh, freedom for some is not the same as freedom for all, and that freedom is all for the only true freedom, then you might be one of us, which I have, that's like gar- garbled, garbled, garbled. It sounds like I George W. Bush said that, or Rick Perry. Yeah. <laughs> it just didn't come out right. Uh, like nobody's getting murdered so they can be wealthy. Like no, no rich person is murdering anybody. They, they seem to be alluding to that, that people are being like murdered in the streets. So some guy can like make an extra, you know, half a percent on his investments. But I, I haven't seen evidence of that. Um, and then the last one is, is one of these, like, if you think that the media is, uh, distorting, uh, you know, what's really going on and, and per- just doing, saying things to preserve the status quo, then you might be one of us. And this is like a common saw amongst kooks, right? Or it's like also amongst... Sarah Palin says the same thing. But that's far right wing. I'm talking far left wing. This is kind of what they say. I mean, this is, you know, this is yeah, a it, common, you know, uh, this is a common criticism of the media. It's on the a far common left cri- and the it's far a com- right. And the far right. It's just common amongst kooks. Yeah. And, and so then you, you, then you have to say, they never sort of answer the follow-up question is, okay, how am I supposed to find out about the world then? And the answer is always go to this blog that has like, you know, 50 readers a month and like read all these conspiracy theories. Because that's I, unfiltered I don't that's any news, better. man. That's unfiltered right. information. There's no Moon sensors. Blossom writes this blog, dude, and it's got all the real stuff. There's UFOs and lizard people and what's that dude's name? Uh, shit. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Phil Henry, the guy that lives in the, uh, the guy that lives in the desert. Uh, I almost had it. Starts with an L. Never mind. Um, I don't know. Anyway, yeah, we did know, a, we did a whole intro about him once. Never mind. Yeah, and we can't even remember. We can't even remember what we talked about last week. Yeah, intro. So before I get off this, that's the five uh, problems, and then there are five. They have five because everybody keeps saying that, like, oh, these people don't have any concrete demands. So how do we take them seriously? How do we know, well, like, what when are they their win? demands? What are they asking? Their for? demands are just we want people to keep protesting. Uh, so that's just kind of like, yeah, but that's, that's kind of, we know you're doing that. We want to know what you're protesting for. And the, their first thing that what they want is people to keep protesting. Uh, they want workers to like seize the capital and the factories. Uh, they want unemployed people to volunteer. <laughs> Good luck with that. They don't call it fun employment cause you're volunteering. They call it fun employment cause you play Xbox all day. And what, uh, the third one is basically a re. Board. The th- or the fourth one is a repeat of the first one. It says we want people to assemble. Well, you already said you want people to keep protesting. You can't then say we want them to protest. And then the fifth one is about squatting. They want people to squat in abandoned buildings, which fine. <laughs> I'm, I I have or, no problem. Like, like I have a, but apparently. I have a shed. I have my shed in my backyard that nobody technically lives in. Like I don't want a bunch of protesters to go just take that over. You better. So am I? Am I one of the one percent? Because I have a shed. Are you? I think you're confusing this. It's Occupy Wall Street, not Occupy Wackerly Street. It it scares me because the the <laughs> acronym is similar. <laughs> and they're like, "Oh shit, dude! I'm sorry. I thought it was uh, Wackerly Street. I didn't realize it's Wall Street." All right, dude. Later, man. And then you got to clean up all dude, the hippie to, to shit. Actually, to tell you the truth, if there were some loose hippie chicks that decided to occupy my shed, it wouldn't be all bad. <laughs> so you know, okay, I understand. I, I kind of empathize with what with with their anger and with their yeah, protests. I mean, sure. you know, they they're holding signs that say, you know, we're the ninety nine percent because only one percent controls all the wealth in this country and the ninety nine percent don't. 
and the, or the the one percent makes more money than all the ninety nine percent of people of this country. And then the other sign that the very common is the banks got bailed out, we got sold out. And I think you know what, what it is they're they're protesting the idea that the banks you know resume their old practices that got us into this whole financial crisis in the beginning. You know the the, the mortgages, mm-hmm. the loaning, and while making huge profits, so they they plead that the modest regulatory changes and the tax breaks that the government have passed have hobbled their ability to do business, but yet they're still, they're, they, I mean, they're, they're still fine. They're, they're making a lot of money. They're getting huge bonuses. And I think I can understand the, the inequity of that leads to anger. But what is sitting in a park going to do anything about it? How is that going to counteract the inequality? How is that going to fight the inequality? No. The, 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 you know, the most, the most powerful thing that they could do I think I saw on the internet today, some woman wrote it up in a financial newspaper or blog or something. If they just got everybody to take their money out of like the big corporate banks and put it into credit unions, all the banks would be fucked. And it would be so, and you can do it from your desk, you can do it to your computer, you just click a couple times, type in your name and your information and take all your savings out of Bank of America and Wells Fargo. Like that would hurt the banks way more than like camping out in front of their building which is what they did today in San Francisco. Exactly. It's a, well, part okay, I think there's two ways that this can go. I think either it needs to be full anarchistic, like anarchy violence to the point where they're actually obstructing and interfering with business. I know this would cause, you know, I, I, obviously it's going to cause, you know, a police state and National Guard's going to get called out. But why aren't they doing pranks? Why aren't the hackers hacking the bank's websites? Why aren't people, like, super gluing the locks of Wells Fargo so people can't even get into these buildings in the first place? I mean, I mean, I would love, I would love it if if a bunch of protesters try to keep me from leaving my office. <laughs> that would just, that would be so fun. Well, I think either that, or I, think, I would, wi- I would windmill out of the building, you know. Well, I think you know what they need on. to do. It's either do something like that, or they need to like move this ragtag protest, you know, sitting in the in the tents in the parks, into like organize into an actual grassroots movement, like moveon.org or something, and have a, a spokesperson, you know, like Danny Glover come out and champion your cause. And then a lot of people would start listening, and then a lot of people, and then like announce their a clear and definite objective. Like, okay, you know what? We want all those CEOs from the banks to be prosecuted for what they did. We want charges levied against them. We want their businesses fined. And we want this yeah. money to go to some charity. If the, you know, if there was a clear and concise goal, I'd be totally like, all right, I'm down with this. But right now, and and, and they should need to say, and we're going to support because this is what the Tea Party did, and we're going to support these specific candidates, candidates in the yeah. upcoming ele- uh, elections that that are behind these ideas. And if and if even if you're a, a Democrat and you don't support our idea, all our ideas, we're going to support the the no name guy. Who is behind that shit? And we're going to unseat you. That's what the fucking Tea Party did, and that's why everybody got afeard of them. Exactly, and that's why the Tea Party actually is a you know a legitimate movement. And I think but every, you know every time you every time you hear a soundbite from one of the, and I'm not even talking about the extremely dumb ones that like Fox News singles out. I'm talking about even like the relatively intelligent Occupy Wall Street people, and they get interviewed for a news program, or even if you read their website, it says this. They sort of brag that they're this like decentralized organization with no one single idea. Like that's a feature. It's just laziness. It's like when I have to do a presentation for work or when I was in school, I had to do a presentation. I always say, uh, oh, I'm going to keep this informal and I want it to be, you know, just people just ask questions you want. 
I do that because I'm fucking lazy and exactly. I don't want to prepare. But I try and make it sound like, oh, you know, I like things to be loose and I want people. I want it to be interactive. You know, I don't want it to be just me up here talking and like preparing anything and like making a presentation. I'm just gonna get up here and basically like fucking wing it <laughs> because I'm lazy. <laughs> but I'm gonna try and make it sound like it's like a great thing. That's that's what I hear when they say that it's decentralized and they have no like one leader, you know, because they they're too lazy to figure out what they fucking just want. Translates, just having a good time. It translates into disorganized. I think right now what it is is it's it's not an urban rave, but I think it's just a bunch of trustafarians hanging out, smoking some weed, drinking some beer, spend the night, and just and saying, hey, you know, I can hang out here and get laid and somehow be part of a cause. They, when they I, when need, I went to see them in, in Oakland, no, not a single person looked like they weren't having a great time. Yeah. It's, it's not like they're locked arm in arm, you know, like black people in the 60s and getting fire hose and having German shepherds bite their face off. You know, they're, they're having a great time hanging out in the park. Well, I think tomorrow it'll be interesting to see the, uh, the consequence of the Bloomberg eviction notice. We'll see. We'll see. I think this is the, when, when they actually have to step up and prove themselves. We'll see what happens. All, all it takes is one rock. Yep. One Molotov cocktail. <laughs> whoever, whoever wants to beat out of out of. I mean, in 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 New York, there are, it's more than five hundred. It's probably like yeah, it's a five thousand people. Five thousand yeah. people. Ten times that. All One of those people has to be willing to throw a rock. Right? I, I don't know. I mean, it'll be interesting to see. I'm 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 willing to put money down that they just go back to their home, their their parents' homes in New Jersey. And we forget about this whole thing. One one person. And I'm not saying that because I, I'm behind them and I want them to rise up in violence. I'm saying it purely from a running man type <laughs> scenario where I just want to watch the carnage. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, people, this is episode 299 here, Sick and Wrong. God, I didn't think I'd ever say that. 299. We're one episode away from the big 300. You know, Should I think we tell I, people now that we've been bought by Univision and the show's going to be all in Spanish? <laughs> dude, I, was telling, you know, I was telling you before the show that we're not going to, to make this away. announcement toward the end, okay? <laughs> oh, oh, well, start brushing up on your Spanish lessons. Telemundo. El sick and the wrongo. And it will be uh, in video and we will be wearing bee suits. Um, that's Brought to you by a Taco Bell. <laughs> But yeah, we're, we are one episode away from uh, episode 300. Um, quick recap of the show last week, episode 298. We did three listener stories. Uh, listener number one sent a story about a Mexican fishmonger who had a grenade in her face. Uh, the second oh, yeah, story is about a Call of Duty throttling, which is kind of like a wish fulfillment for, I think, most of our listeners. Um the third story here was uh, Jilted Lover Needs a Bearskin Suit. Uh, the story that won episode 298 was the Mexican fishmonger, the face grenade. It was kind of close, yeah, that though. Yeah, was gruesome. Yeah, it was close. It was bearskin bear suit and face grenade, but face grenade won. So congratulations, listener one. You won the coveted Sick and Wrong Care Package. Remember, you do have to email me, sickandwrongpodcast.com, to claim your prize. Uh, people, you know the way Sick and Wrong works. Wacken and I present the most disturbing news items of the week here on the show. Audience votes. And a winner does get a Sick and Wrong Care Package. Send your listeners submissions to sickandwrongpodcast at hotmail.com. Submit them via Facebook, Twitter, or even the Sick and Wrong Forum. Well, actually, we do got a few good stories here for this week. Uh, before we get to that, a quick word from audible.com. As you know, people, Audible is the Internet's leading provider of spoken audio entertainment, information, educational programming. Uh, you can listen to an Audible book anytime. Just like the podcast you're listening to right now. 
Uh, they have over a thousand science and tech titles and 1,100 science fiction and fantasy titles. You know, as a matter of fact, Wanker, I just uh, ordered from Audible uh, the first uh, Game of Thrones book. Oh, nice. Have you read Do you that? Know who reads it? Uh, I'm almost finished with the first one, I'm, and then I will be beyond the show. So then I'll be reading in new territory where I don't know what's going to happen. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, I'm actually kind of excited about it. You know, the show is great, and I was thinking this book would be good. But I thought there was only going to be like one or two books. There's like five or six. There's, I think there's four now, and then three are in the pipe. And now, and now he has to finish them, you know, because now he's got the show money coming in. That's a lot of audible listening time for me. <laughs> Hopefully they get somebody good to read it. It's not like, uh, you know, Emo Phillips or something. <laughs> Although that would be kind of amazing, too. That would be kind of cool. So Audible has over 75,000 titles to choose from. Every genre Audible has it covered. Go to audiblepodcast.com slash diddle and get a free audiobook download when you sign up for a free trial. So we got a number of good listener stories here this week for episode 298. Oh, yeah. Let me kick off the show with the first listener story. So this one came in from uh, a Dominic via Facebook. And Dominic did it the right way, other than he didn't specify what he does for a living. Um, he, but he did send it, send it via message through Facebook rather than posting it on my page. Because I was all ready to send him a picture of my taint. And then I was like, <laughs> you know what? Dominic, you did it. You did it the right way. You, you submitted. I forget. It is Facebook. the taint picture a punishment or or the prize? I forget. The punishment, I it, right? I guess it depends on who you are. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a good story. Yeah, this happened in Brentwood, New Hampshire. A man beat his wife to death. Or this is what Dominic says: A man beats his wife to death for an understandable reason. Um, it's, I don't know if uh, beating a wife to death is ever understandable, but who knows. Mm. Uh, Brentwood, New Hampshire, a man who returned home last year to find his four-year-old son strangled by the boy's mother and a seven-year-old daughter unconscious has pled guilty to killing his wife as she was trying to commit suicide. Wow. That's a lot of death. Yeah, this sounds like an opportune moment for the wife, though. I mean, she was going to kill herself anyway, and now she doesn't have to actually kill herself. She doesn't have to go to purgatory if, if she believes in that. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Now uh, she's like, okay, well, she gets to die anyway. So it's, but at the same time, for the man, it must have been shocking to say the least. Yeah, now now he's got to deal with the repercussions. I mean, not just emotionally, but legally. Legally, yeah, exactly. Not uh, so good for him. The description in court was the first time authorities reveal what caused the November death of Mason Smeltzer, that's his son, and the injuries to his sister, Mercy Smeltzer. Mercy smelt. <laughs> That's a great name. I think she probably killed them because of her wife's sur- or his hu- her husband's surname. God, that's just depressing. Smeltzer? Mercy. I don't know. Uh, the revelations came as a children's father, 38-year-old Christopher Smeltzer, pled guilty to a charge of second-degree murder in the beating death of his wife, Mara Papalardo. All right, oh, I don't know. Smeltzer or Papalardo? What's worse? The Greek. Those passionate Greeks, that's the problem. Okay, Although but Papalardo? Think, yeah. think of how much abuse you would have had in junior high with that one. <laughs> Especially <laughs> if there are any Spanish-speaking students in the audience. That almost sounds like uh, you know, your, uh, your, your, your 
low cleavage there. The cleavage showing is making me bust out a papalardo. Papalardo. I kind of like that. I might start using that. I know. I'm, I'm intrigued with what this woman looks like. Yeah, I don't think she's that hot, um, but who knows. Attorney General Jane Young says Papalardo had been hospitalized for paranoia. Uh, she, uh, Smeltzer told police that he lost his marbles when he came home, and he attacked Papalardo with a flashlight. Were those um, his exact words? Yeah, quote-unquote, lost his marbles. <laughs> my, fa- my, my son is dead, was beaten by my wife to death. She's ha- tried to hung- hang herself, and then I beat the shit out of her. And I, I thought my daughter was dead, but she was just unconscious. I lost my marbles. <laughs> it's like talking to my great grandma. Yeah, no, oh, I, I, I picture, just I'm get I got I'm in such a fuss. I picture Beaver from Leave It to Beaver saying that. Right. I lost my marbles, Wally. Oh, um, gee. But he so he walked in while his wife had the rope around her neck, like she was preparing to step off the stool and commit suicide and that's what just made the marbles just fall all over the place and he bludgeoned and they her all, they all slipped on the marbles it was like a <laughs> Benny Hill routine <laughs> and he bludgeoned her with a flashlight um, this kind of I'm actually deducting points right now because you thought he beat her to death well because I thought she um, I thought she was already hanging from the rafter and then he worked her like a speed bag you know, like Rocky <laughs> That I was picturing when you told me the story earlier, but she wasn't. At, she only had the noose around her neck. It wasn't like uh, she wasn't like uh, suspended like a like a heavy bag. No, he. I mean, I don't. Um, I bet you she was probably had the rope around her neck. She's probably tying it on the about rafter. to jump off the chair or something. Yeah, and then he like just got her and just blundered her. Oh, oh well. Apparently, Can't have everything. Apparently, Papalardo feared that Smeltzer, her husband, and her mother-in-law wanted to take the children away from her. And so it was, you know, if I cannot have them, no one will. Uh, Smeltzer, believing that both of his children were dead, this is after the beating, he tried to kill himself by taking all the pills he could find in the house. Now that is a lethal cocktail right there. Like, I wonder what it was, like Excedrin... Maybe I mean maybe they had Metamucil, (laughs) some Pepto, (laughs) Xlax, all kind of cross contamination and cross purposes of pills. Um, He tried to take all the pills he could find in the house, but in the morning, his daughter, who had a ribbon tied around her neck, but she was unconscious, she didn't actually die. She woke him up, and uh, he called nine one one to to come and save him. You know that must have been a tearful scene, like a lifetime movie, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, the, the daughter waking up the dad. And, uh, you know, the mother dead and the son dead. Uh, so prosecutors, uh, prosecutors recommended a 10-year imprisonment for Smeltzer, although he faces up to 30 years behind bars. So we'll find out in December what actually happened. So this is kind well, of a well, difficult can, one. So this is kind of funny. Can, they, can the judge, I mean, the prosecutors are supposed to go for the maximum sentence they, they think is appropriate. Can the judge say, like, I don't think the prosecutors are harsh enough that he's going to get even bit more time? I think the jury could. I think the jury could say, you know what, uh, we... The ju- but the jury the jury doesn't determine sentencing, right? They determine guilt or innocence. And then they can maybe make a recommendation, but then the judge is the guy who determines sentencing. I thought that how, that's how it worked. Yeah, I think it's ultimately up to the judge. But I think the jury... Yeah, I guess the jury just uh, they determine yeah, guilt or innocence. So if they find... Obviously, they're going to find him guilty here, but I think it would be the judge that would impose a sentence. Yeah. But the prosecutor's already the going easy on count. him. count. Yeah, the jury recommends four stars, but I am giving it three because she was not worked upon like a speed bag. <laughs> well, it's kind of hard to, to score this one because how composed would you be in that situation? 
you, you know, I'm, I'm on the dude's side. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm saying the same thing. It's like, uh, you know, she was trying to kill his whole family, destroy his life, and obviously, um, he lost his. Mar- she made him lose his marbles. I'm giving this I mean, like it's just even to his walk in. Cat's eye marble. He lost that one too. Just to walk in on this situation, and now like he's in jail. That the poor daughter, you know, she's seven years old. She's going to be with a foster. Family. I'm giving this five stars. I give it. I also give it five. I mean, this is like straight out of a Stephen King novel. You know, up in New England, and just uh, he'd have to stretch it out to like seven thousand pages <laughs> when really you could tell the story in in about two. But. I bet you the daughter's going to become the next Eileen Vernos, though. Or, uh, you know, Mike Myers, even. Yeah, or Sarah Palin. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Sarah Palin. All right, What what do you have here for the second listener story? Oh, I got a good one. Did you see that movie Small Town Murder Songs? No. It's got the uh, Peter Stormare, who, who played Carl Hungus in The Big Lebowski. He's in a lot of movies. He's always like a secondary supporting character. sort of a ca- I wouldn't call him a character actor because he always plays a different character, but he always plays like a wacky sort of person. Sounds you know familiar. I, I remember Carl Hungus. <laughs> A great, he was a great uh, in, in the Hellblazer movie. He played like uh, Lucifer or Mephistopheles, the, the final demon in the Hellblazer movie. He played that guy, not the fish guy. That oh wait, no, okay. <laughs> wait, okay, wait a second. I'm 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 thinking a totally different movie. All right, no, now I got it. He was in um, Fargo. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, well, in the in the movie Small Town Murder Songs, he plays like a uh, Ontario. It's on in Ontario. He plays a Mennonite. Actually, sort of an excommunicated Mennonite who's the uh, chief of police. And Mennonites are Amish with microwaves. Sort of, yeah. <laughs> they, they, can, they, drive, they can drive cars. Yeah. If you have a choice to become a Mennonite or an Amish person, choose Mennonite because there's better amenities. <laughs> uh, it's a great movie that he plays. So he still is playing kind of a weird character. He's got this like German accent because he's like you know a Mennonite. And, uh, it's whatever. in Canada? I didn't even know they had uh, Amish people oh, yeah. in Canada. Well, he's not Amish. He's Mennonite. Mennonite, sorry. <laughs> but uh, it's With great. Microwaves. But it's about a, it's about like crime amongst the backward folk. <laughs> All right, you know just, I've seen the movie Witness. I haven't seen that one in a long time. Harrison no Ford. Amish people are as hot as Kelly McGillis, so that that movie is I have a hard time suspending disbelief. Yeah, that gave me this horrible fetish I had for a long time, and it's just a hard one to satisfy. Do you make your girlfriend wear that bonnet sometimes? <laughs> I I don't want to explain the fetish marketing. <laughs> don't ever look don't, through my computer. Don't shave your armpits, woman. I like you pure. Turn that like butter. <laughs> the butter's your cock, right? Am I following you? Yes. <laughs> okay, let me get into this. Normally, because I'm such a like consummate podcaster, I will sort of, if you'll notice when I do my stories, I will drag out sort of the point of the story till maybe the middle of the storytelling, because I'm trying to build suspense. I thought you just here, drag I... out the whole thing. <laughs> sloppy sure, narrative. Maybe some people would think that. Okay. Uh, but here I'm just going to get right down to it. Jefferson County Sheriff Fred Abdallah, which I can't decide if that's a, like a Muslim name, or he's also yeah. an ex-Amish person. That's what I was thinking. It sounds like a Somalian, like um, one of the Islamic militants in Somalia. Yeah. He might be a Sikh or something. But it kind of sounds like maybe it could be Amish also. 
Abdallah. No, it's it's something. It's foreign. <laughs> it's got to be. Uh, he says that they have arrested four people related to a series of beard cutting attacks. Ooh. And this is in Bergholtz, Ohio. That's a grave offense people. in the Amish community. What happens if you lose your beard? Isn't it the same thing with Muslims? You'll never get Kind laid. of. I'll never get into get that a little later. Um, and I'm going to kind of speed through it. But uh, they've arrested uh, three people. Levy Miller, Johnny Mullet, Lester Mullet. Uh, all connect to these attacks. And uh, the sheriff says, this message is going to be sent. Amish people are not going to tolerate this beard cutting. I got to say, Johnny Mullet's a pretty rad name. <laughs> yeah, it's almost and as his cool brother as, Lester. It's almost as cool as Carl Hungus. And his dad slash uncle slash grandpa. <laughs> and I don't, I'm not saying I don't know which one he is. He's probably all of them at the same time. His name's Sam Mullet, and he's 65, and he's the uh, bishop of a breakaway Amish sect. And so the cops are kind of pointing the finger at him. He's the mastermind of this. He seems to not like people who um, he perceives as sort of apostate, uh, you know, not 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 keeping with the strict Amish code that he adheres to. You know, but he sounds like the the Amish Taliban. Kind of. You know, I mean, they both like beards. Yeah, they, they like beards. Hats. Just different hats. They persecute those that aren't as devout as they feel that they, they themselves, you know, that they, they, they don't adhere to the most devout precepts of their religion. All true. Yeah. And they both love beards. And they both like beards. And they, I think they like to suppress their women, too. And they make their women wear, like, these long outfits that don't show any flesh. They, they're basically Muslims. Yeah. Um, in the attacks, this is sort of a general description of what's been going on. A truck full of Amish men in truck. Aren't they supposed to fucking ride around in a covered wagon? Buggy. Yeah, that, that yeah, makes no buggy. sense. Maybe they meant buggy. Well, I can kind of see why if I can say I'm all, it's a little angry. Like, I would be upset. Oh, we too. are supposed to use the buggy, and you guys are driving in the trucks. Even the people doing the attacks driving in the trucks. This is bullshit. I say that oh, would really get my goat too if I was an Amish guy. You'd probably have a couple goats. If well, it's like guy. a so Taliban guy got. seeing a woman driving a car. <laughs> True. Yep. So the truck full of Amish men are said to are said to approach a house and eventually attack its occupant. Um, and it has religious, not criminal, motivation. So they're not uh, robbing these people of their butter churner or what, what the fuck else. It's not like they have stereo equipment or anything like that. So these guys are like beard marauders that come in the middle of the night. Are they, I mean, dressed like ninjas or something? Amish ninjas, but the beard comes out of the mask? I don't know if it's even in the middle of the night. It might be just a <laughs> They just show up. Okay. While uh, this bishop, Sam Mullet, says he has nothing to do with the beard-cutting attacks, Mullet admitted he might know some of the young men involved and had given them, quote, a talking to. <laughs> which, in, I mean, which in Amish culture, you can't, you can't accuse the Amish people of coddling their children. I mean, he's no. definitely taken the belt to them when he says, I gave them a talking to. And yeah, it so was to your earlier To your earlier question, cutting the beard of an Amish man or the hair of an Amish woman is considered a serious insult and degrading to the victim. Yeah, I mean, think about it, dude. How long have you grown that beard? You've grown that beard since adolescence, so it's been years. Yeah. cultivating this impressive Since it was just a wispy, like, massive sort of facial hair. Yeah, and then all of a sudden some guy just comes down and cuts it. Never yeah. getting laid. I bet yeah, you women don't Am even look at you. If I was Amish, I'd be pissed. But since I'm not Amish, I love it when people just break into my house and cut my hair and <laughs> shave me. It's great. I'm like, oh, I was going to go pay $20 for a haircut tomorrow, but 
Thanks for saving me the trouble. <laughs> Do you guys want some milk or cookies or something before you leave? It's great. Do you tip them? Well, what do you tip on zero? Twenty <laughs> percent. Yeah, I give them twenty percent of nothing. So what do you yeah, tip do on tip forcible them. haircut? I don't know. <laughs> I, I told you, I gave milk and cookies. I don't know, but that makes sense. You know, we're the English, according to the uh, Amish. Did you know that? Th- th- that also makes no sense. Us. What are, What are they then? They're the Dutch or the German. I think Mennonites are German and, and Amish people are Dutch. They, so they don't consider that like we're all mixed up Americans now. They they think we're the the people who have accepted like technology and the government <laughs> and all that. We're called the English. Wow, man! Do you know Even that... you are. Well, you kind of are English. Your dad was English, so don't ever See call that? me a red coat. <laughs> Lobster back? How do you like that one? <laughs> Uh, let me close this out. I'd rather be a red coat than an Amish person. So but... it's, this Sam Mullet guy has other problems, right? He's got a, a lot of run-ins with the law. He says, they said I was being bad to my daughters, forcing them to have abortions and stuff, that we had children who weren't healthy, and I was killing them and burying them. Burying them. But there's no evidence of that. That's you, a direct you know, Wackily, when I close my eyes and just listen... I feel like I'm in Pennsylvania, like right now in Amish country, like about to have a rake fight with someone. Thank you. A more, it's a new accent. I don't think we've done an Amish accent. It's a, it's a d- damn good, dead-on Amish accent, got to say. Well, were you blown away by the, the accent? Did you hear what I said? <laughs> he's very specific about the things he's not doing. Yeah, he's not, he's not forcing, forcing his daughters, his daughters to have an abortion. <laughs> he's not um, killing unhealthy babies and burying them in the backyard. He doesn't say he's not doing it, but he says there's no evidence of it, which is just as good in my book. Well, he's not um, admitting guilt here. He's implying yeah. guilt. Authorities have not named any suspects, but said charges could be could include burglary and assault as some of the beard and haircutting victims had slight injuries. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what they're using. Do you think they're using clippers? They're Amish. They probably are just using a straight razor or yeah. a side. Well, you ever, I mean, I've gone to, I've paid for haircuts where they like actually sort of clip your ear, you know, with the clippers. Like, yeah, but these are Amish people. They don't use electricity. So they're probably using a scythe or something. I mean, well, no, they, they have like a horse powered hair clipper. Haven't you ever seen that? <laughs> I don't know. I get a story four. Because in the old country, all of our numbers only went up to four. Five is for the English. So the top score is four. That's kind of Irish accent. I don't, I don't know. I got to get out of here. I got to give this one a 4.5. I mean, no one was murdered. Decimals! In Decimals are for the English. <laughs> we use the whole numbers. The reason I'm uh, re- resorting to the, the decibels here is because think about it, dude. I mean, these people have been growing these beards for years. And all of a sudden, yes. some guy, some, some angry Amish come in, or, you it's know, nice. a gang of, of no good nicks come in and just shave your beards off. Yeah. I mean, I, and, and then the women getting their hair cut, too. That's just insulting. I'm getting 4.5. That's what I'm giving it. Do you think that the Amish, you know, they, they prohibit all this other stuff, like te- television and electronics and porn, I guess. Uh, oh, do you think they God, also God prohibit we- weaving technology? Yeah, I wonder. I don't know. Does, you, could weave, you could put a weave in without any electricity, right? Yeah, I bet you could just weave it in. like with, Yeah, uh, we- yeah. weave the beard back in. You'd think so, or a wig or something. I don't know. Well, the third story here we got for episode uh, 299 came in from Caleb. 
Uh, he writes, what's up, you sick fucks? Remember pulling the heads off of baby dolls and showing them to your little sisters or cousins or whoever just to watch them squirm? Ever wonder what happens when it happens in real life? Straight from my town. Enjoy. And as always, keep it sick and keep it wrong. Uh, this happened in Louisville, Kentucky. A jury is deciding the case of a baby who is decapitated during birth. That didn't come out right. The jury's to decide case of baby decapitated during birth. They're not saying that, you know, they're not going to try the baby here for being decapitated. They're trying Generally, to doctor. Generally, we don't put babies on trial in the United States. And especially when they're headless. Yeah. Because what's the point? I mean, cross-examination, it's useless at that point. Attorneys for a mother who watched as her premature baby was decapitated during a delivery are asking the jury to award her more than $10 million in damages, saying she has nightmares from reliving the incident. Um, her name is Mikatria Donaldson, and her attorneys say that nurses ignored her buzzer calls seeking help as the baby was being born, and then compounded problems during the delivery by not restricting her view, so she actually saw the baby, baby's head come off, and then later suturing the child's head back onto the body so she could hold him throughout the night and the next day. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. How, yeah, how do you do that? Don't you think it must have been difficult? Because babies are kind of tiny. I mean, you, you yeah, have to have a pretty I mean, steady these, hand these to surgeons have, These sedget surgeons have very steady hands. That's what they get paid for. Yeah, I mean, uh, they, they, they sutured it back on like a rag doll. So she was in shock. Why they would do it is a bigger question. Well, you know, it's interesting. A mother can demand to see a baby that was born, you know, uh, prematurely, you know, and, and, and died during pregnancy. A mother can demand to hold the kid. And it's the mother's mm. right. So they honor that. But the fact that this baby was decapitated and yet they still were like, well, she wants to hold the kid. Let's just, you know, just we could just stick her head back on with some some duct tape, safety pins. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, Super she was in shock she wanted to see the baby, but shouldn't have been allowed to, says her attorney, adding that she now suffers from depression and post-traumatic stress disorder. For the rest of her life, she'll live every moment with what happened. You know what? $10 million? I'll help you forget, I'd yeah. say. $10 million's kind of that, that threshold. $1 million, you're going to blow mm. through that on lottery tickets and... And, you know, uh, Four loco and all that kind of shit. But $10 million, that can last you for a while. Yeah, I mean, and uh, I'm sure she'll be like, uh, what baby? Oh, yeah, the one that was born <laughs> prematurely? I forgot about that one. Oh, yeah, Old headlessy. <laughs> <laughs> um, attorneys for the hospital and doctors deny any wrongdoing, saying that, that the patient was never ignored and was given appropriate care during the tragic incident that could not have been foreseen. Apparently, it was a shocking event for everyone in the room. Uh, the doctor is there here, a dad involved? No, no. <laughs> oh, well, this is uh, yeah. I, I don't know if there's a. I think it was one of those uh, ghetto fathers. Maybe he was. <laughs> a, maybe he was a 1950s stereotypical father though. That was at the strip he was club, out smoking cigarettes outside, smoking cigarettes, drinking scotch in the waiting room. But I think uh, more likely he was a you know boys in the hood type of father that was just out. Is that an is that an option? <laughs> I, I'm going to take the uh, 1950s father route with this pregnancy. Oh no, I'm a I'm a good provider and you know I, I'm a good homemaker for my this is like my seventh kid. But I I will be in the waiting room drinking scotch. I don't think you just get to do that if that's what you desire. No, you probably don't. But I would want to do that if I ever had a kid. I don't want to watch. Let's start that. a movement. 
Let's start a movement. Well, occupy you know, waiting. About, occupy waiting room. <laughs> I don't understand how all these fathers are like. You know, I'm going to hold my wife's hand and I'm going to watch it. It's like you're basically going to watch your vagina, the only vagina that you get to fuck, just become completely stretched out, busted, busted. I mean, I understand they do the husband stitch where they stitch it up a little bit, but it's like basically you just watch your whole <laughs> sex life die. It's like you, and you really she, want to see and that? And she's shitting everywhere. You've heard that, right? Yeah, I know. The bait's a mudslide. Baby just slides right out. Yeah, it's disgusting. Right. So mm. the doctor here, um, Dr. Joseph Belota, failed to remove a circlage, which is a string similar to a shoelace that's used to keep the cervix closed and the child in the womb. Because this is a baby that's born premature. It's only about 21 weeks old. Um. When Donaldson began delivering, the string acted as a noose around the baby's neck and helped cause the decapitation when Belota applied, quote-unquote, unnecessary force and pulled on the child. <laughs> Do you think it made a popping yeah. sound? Yeah. Like this? <laughs> yeah. It's just baby's head just flying up and someone well, catching see, now, it. Well, now see, now I'm in this woman's side. You didn't tell me about this shoelace business. Yeah, but the shoelace is, is a, a standard practice to keep the cervix closed. It's a ba- baby is 21-week uh, 21 pregnancy. It wasn't right, going to be born he, live. Right, but he wasn't supposed to leave it there. It's his, he's supposed to remove it. Like, there's a procedure, and there's a list of, uh, you know, it's like making macaroni and cheese. One, put shoelace around vagina. Two, when baby's about to come out, remove shoelace. Three, pull baby out. You know what doesn't make sense to me about this? Don't most babies come out head first? Yeah, well, this is a breach. So this is a breach birth, and he's just pulling. I just picture this whole scenario. This doctor just he has a little tiny baby foot, and he's just yanking on it to get it out. Yanks really hard, and you know, off pops the head. And then the head goes up in the air, and then it's like a hot potato scenario where no one wants to touch it. <laughs> and there's marbles all over the ground because one of the nurses. And then the Benny marbles. Hill music starts playing. <laughs> Well, um, to, you know, to, to convert this a little bit into baby talk, though, so premature, the baby starts out head up, and then before it gets born, it turns around. So if it's premature, it hasn't had the chance to turn around and do, like, the swan dive yet. Okay, yeah, that makes sense then. So it's been 21 yeah. weeks. How right. do you know so much about the, uh, the, the, the birth of a child there, Rackley? Cosby Show. <laughs> The cause taught me everything about childbirth because he was a gynecologist. So the attorney here for the um, the, uh, the the plaintiff said it should never have happened at all. Uh, the doctor's attorney, Don Darby, said the doctor did remove the string before delivery, but the newborn's oh. head was bigger than the cervix, and unfortunately, oh. the baby was decapitated when it came out. It hasn't been determined what exactly whether or not happened. the string was in there. So. The the, the 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 plaintiff's attorney is saying the doctor you know what, um, failed to remove the string, and the defense attorney said the string was removed. The baby's head just came off naturally. I imagine. It I predict she settles for one hundred to two hundred k. I you know I I feel though that uh, how, how how difficult do you think it is to pull off a baby's head? Not very. Yeah, I don't think it's that hard. So I bet you didn't even I, like I, I'm you know obviously. Um, you know, in my mind, imagining a scene where he's yanking on this foot to pop the baby's head off. But I bet you it was just like, you know, a little pull and just. Um, and the woman's vagina is just gripping the head like a fucking <laughs> Venus flytrap. Like, no, I won't give it up. <laughs> like a vice. Uh, the jurors said it's um, or attorneys told jurors it's common to allow mothers who have lost a child during delivery to see the baby when they request it. 
you know, it's the mother's right. So the the doctor here is accused of not properly putting in the circlage and failing to put um, the the mother on bed rest. He testified that uh, it's unlikely the baby would have survived pregnancy, and if the child had made it 24 weeks, he would have put her in the hospital in the first place. So, um, yeah, he's uh, she's currently suing the hospital and the doctor for $10 million in damages. So on the second wrong star scale, what, what do you think, Wackerly? Um, it's a gruesome incident, and to be yeah, a mother and to see this... Would I'm be giving it five. Horrific. But then again, 24 weeks, what's that? You know, uh, six months? Yes. So six months. <laughs> you couldn't have been that attached. You've never even seen the baby before. Oh, they get attached. Trust me. The baby's daddy probably split. It's almost yeah, well, seems, So basically, she's delivering this kid that she probably didn't even want. It's probably an unwanted pregnancy. She's delivering this child, and now it's gone. And she gets $10 million or a settlement of five. I think she kind of uh, lucked out in this situation. I'm going to give this a four. Well, she's not getting $10 million. Probably get, I bet you there's going to be a settlement, though. And the settlement will be like 1%. If she goes all the way to court, maybe she'll get like 20%. But she's not going to do that. I mean, the da- like I said, the daddy isn't in the delivery room. And there's like five nurses in there, and all they, they so it's like five against one about you know who's right, what really happened. Yeah, that's true. But she will. But the but the hospital will say you know oh if we can just end this right now and not go to court we'll save money in the long run if we just give her like two hundred grand and that's so that's what she'll get. I bet you that's what's going to end up happening. Yeah, that's what's going to end up happening. I'm and giving then the it a lawyer, and then the lawyer's going to take eighty of that, so she'll end up with one twenty. Which still isn't that bad for just having a baby inside of you for six months. It's good. It's good for her. <laughs> she can hit the clubs in about a year. Get Going so drunk you don't have nightmares. Did you already score it? I'm giving it a four. I gave it five. It five is stars. gruesome. I mean, the ba- baby's fucking head came off. Come on. And then they sewed it back on and gave it to her. Like a fucking scarecrow, raggedy and doll or something. Yeah, that's pretty foul. <laughs> we'll see what the listening audience has to say about this. Uh, people go vote. Sick and wrong podcast. Dot com. Well, actually, it's, um, we got a few phone calls here to the Sick and Wrong Hotline. We've got a, an email I want to get to, uh, the Sick and Wrong Podcast Hotmail.com. Before we get to all that, here's a word from our beloved sponsor, AdamandEve.com. It's Butt Plug Month on AdamandEve.com. Show that you still care by bringing something new into the bedroom. And by something new, I mean a butt plug. Because if you order right now and use coupon code DIDDLE, you get 50% off your first item, a gift so sensual I can't even tell you about it on this podcast that talks about murder and bukkake, and on top of all of that, free shipping. Support Sick and Wrong by supporting our sponsor, adamandeve.com, and making a purchase with coupon code DIDDLE. That's D-I-D-D-L-E. So, uh, Wacker, we got a number of phone calls here, the Sick and Wrong hotline. People, you can call us at 206-666-3846. Uh, the first caller has, I think he's disguising his voice. I don't know, it might just be me. Okay, let's see. Hady and Lance, I'm worried. The 300 big ones are coming up and I sense there will be some bad news. I fear Lance Hasselhoff will tender his resignation and depart. Did he just say your last name's Hasselhoff? I don't know what that's all about. It's kind of hard to understand. Doesn't this sound like a disguised voice to you? I don't think anyone speaks like this. I mean, unless it's Stephen Hawking. And, and this guy even sounds a little bit sexier than Stephen Hawking. And Stephen Hawking's pretty sexy, so... It sounds like Patrick a, Stewart with a yeah. voice box. <laughs> That's kind of what it reminds yeah, me of. Maybe. 
Oh. Let's see what Emphysema. That, see what he has to say here. The show, which is indeed a sad thought. What does it mean for the podcast, motherfucker? Why don't you shit yourself a twin sister instead? D. Here's the girl in the little brown shoes. She'll drink your liquor and she'll drink your booze. Okay. She lost her chariots a terrible sin. But she's still got the box that the cherry came in. See ya, bitches. Sick and wrong podcast. You can't polish a turd. But you can roll it in glitter. <laughs> I think that's the I think that might be the new like slogan for sick and wrong or new catch. Instead of keep it sick, keep it wrong, it's sick and wrong. You can't polish a turd, but you can roll it in glitter. I like that. Next T shirt. Yeah, that's a that's a good thing for the back. A good slogan for the back. Just you can't yes. polish a it turd. Seems, it seems like kind of a little bit of cockney wisdom. And even the poem seemed like sort of a Cockney limerick, don't you think? It certainly did have a Cockney feel to it. But you know what? He's echoing a lot of a lot of sentiment that was uh, that that was representing a lot of emails I've been receiving this week. You know, we've we've been talking about you know episode three hundred coming up, and it's a major milestone here for the show. And yes, well, to, to be a, to be fair, people are talking about okay. it. Okay. You know, Not just you and me. People are talking. The the peeps, the listeners, the fans. You know, I, um, have been mentioning it a lot. Of I've received a lot of emails via Facebook. A lot of people are worried. A lot of people, you know, are are conjecturing that that Wackerly here, you know, might might tender his resignation. I mean, uh, you know, we we've talked about it. It's three hundred episodes, a long time. That's like what five and a half years of podcrafting. Yeah, it is. Oh, well, when you put it like that, I am going to quit. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm being, gonna quit. Just, I might quit right now. This instant. You know, uh, I saw Wacker this weekend, and we've had some uh, serious discussions about what's going to happen. And, uh, you know, all i got to say a- is H- there's going to be a major announcement. You know, there's going to be some pretty big changes in the near future here with this show. And I don't know. I mean, I guess you'll have to tune in next week to find out. I don't want to preempt anything here. I mean... People think I'm going to quit, but who's to say, you know, I haven't been offered other positions at other podcasts. I mean, you know, Keith and the girl might not always be Keith and the girl. It might be Wackerly and the girl or Keith and Wackerly. (laughs) I think Keith and the Wack Man. I like that. (laughs) Sometimes you got to make a move to improve the salary from zero to something. I mean, it's episode 300. You know, maybe the podcast mm-hmm. will change once we're 300, you know? I mean, All right, do you really, do you want me to give it away? I you know, I don't want you well, to... from from the episode 300 on, it's going to be a show about Spartan warriors <laughs> fighting the Persians. The we're not going to wear shirts. And uh, we're going to fight the Persians and probably have a lot of gay sex with each other. And uh, intermittently throughout the you know the the hour and a half long episode, you're going to hear this is crafting. You know, it might be this is iTunes. <laughs> and then we'll like go into slow motion for a second as I stab D in the face with a spear. There's some wish for It's going to be much better. A much yeah. better show. <laughs> it's going to be much more entertaining. You know what? Uh, I'm wondering, are we going to change the name to, from Sick and Wrong just to 300? Or, or is it just every episode will always be 300? It's going to be called 
Spartan and wuss <laughs> colon 300 and you're the wuss by the oh, way okay i, I thought I'm i spartan. was a spartan i, I kind of figured. no no oh, okay. the, Jew, the jews were slaves back then come on but it could be spartan and wackerly well good <laughs> yeah maybe you're in better shape than me so maybe you should take your shirt off instead i'll be wearing the dirty rags of a slave I don't know. I think um, I think we both need to probably be shirtless during the podcasting. A lot of oiling up, a lot of oil. You know, you got to look shiny because I mean, it's going to be a vidcast. You know, so people. I hope people it. are prepared for my big white fish belly <laughs> because it's gonna it's it gonna be rock blinding. the podcast world. Well, people, all I got to say is I'm not, I'm not you know tune in next week and find out what's going to happen. There's going to be a big announcement. There's going to be some changes. I don't want to let anything out other than this is crafting. All right. Yeah. Let's move on they to... Say, you know, they say don't go changing to try and please me, but sometimes you have to. Sometimes you have to, you know? I mean, we're getting older. Our lives are changing. Going in different directions. You'll see. Tune in next week for episode 300. Here's the here's uh, second call. Hey, Dan Lance. James I Tank Dog. I just heard that guy's uh, drunken horse farting or shitting, whatever that was, story. Very lame. I know horse people. I have a good horse story. Wait, um, like like centaurs? All, very... <laughs> he knows a centaur. <laughs> so he's like, I think he I think he means people who own horses, not a person who's half human, half horse. Okay, but he did say horse people. So this, he, he said he knows be... the horse people. I, I mean, I'd be interested to know those people too. I think he could be talking about centaurs. Yeah, and there's a oh, good okay. chance. I mean, you've been reading too much Game of Thrones there, Wackerly. <laughs> afraid of horses they're big stupid retarded strong animals that can fuck you up and they freak out for no good reason so true um yeah if you have to be around a horse actually the best thing to do is to be as close to it as possible if you stand a few feet away it's got a lot of good leverage to really fucking wallop you but if you're right next to it it really can't get a good swing on you if it wants to kick you but anyway that's not the story <laughs> i want to tell you i got a friend who kind of grew I'm too scared to even stand like within five feet of a horse. Oh, I even... put my entire head right up its asshole. That's as close as you can get. <laughs> I get. I bring a snorkel. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't want to get kicked. I'm, I am like really afraid of those creatures. So I understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what, what what he's saying about that. that, that that's because because they're violent and they're huge and they could really fuck you up. But he's talking right. about his buddy here, who's a horse person. Grew up with horses and uh, they used to breed them. And uh, when you breed a horse, you put it into what they call a breeding stall, which is this really narrow uh, stall that you put the female horse in. And you kind of chain her up so she can't move, and then you bring this. That's what I call my waterbed. Put the chains on. You let him go to town, and she can't go anywhere or do anything about it. Sounds awesome. Uh, a lot of times, you got to go assist. You know, you got to help the horse. Gotta help the stallion get in the hole and stay in no, the hole. No, no, no. I don't have to do that. That's why I'm not a horse person because no, nothing in my life depends on me having to guide a horse cock into a horse vagina. I, that's not required of me, which is why I'm not a horse person. Yeah, but think about it this way. Let's say, you know, your father owns a shitload of horses and he's been a horse breeder and these are champion race horses and yep. you've studied yep. the horse lineage and sure. th- by by I'm guiding this horse cock into this horse vagina you're going to give birth to like 
twenty million dollars worth of horses. Maybe sixty nope, million dollars worth of nope, horses. No, nope. there's a ton of Mexicans that are hanging out down by Home Depot. I can go pay one eight dollars an hour to come and guide that horse cock into the horse. Or but you have like a genetically and a biologically trained horse grip on that cock, though. It's Me? in your blood. Because <laughs> you get it from your father and your grandfather. No. Horse people. No. I don't know. <laughs> no. Well, so anyway, this guy, he's a horse person that has, that it's a thankless job it. if you ask me. I can get it in there. And so on this particular occasion, my buddy and his brother, like a year or two older, were breeding this horse. And uh, I'm trying to think how old they were. They are probably in their mid-teens. Like, he was like 14, I think, and his brother's maybe 16. And so they're breeding breeding this horse and the male's going to town they're kind of standing nearby to make sure everything goes okay and the, the stallion's cock slips out and it blasts my buddy's brother in the face with like a bucket of cum i mean he just got this awful facial from this stallion <laughs> just covered him i mean it got in his mouth and his nose everywhere i mean just a blast like a super soaker of <laughs> okay, he's like man. Don't he started crying. Actually, <laughs> he's like sobbing from the face full of the tears are mixing with the horse ejaculate. <laughs> Dude, I would have been crying too. <laughs> that that is something that he'll never live down. All right, let's let just hear this out here. This guy's got a lot of good stories, uh, breeding and uh, castration stories. That'll just bring you to your knees and. Sympathetic agony, but that's my horse story. Take it easy, guys. Bye. All right, anti-tank dog is like one of the best posters on the forum, right? Yeah, anti-tank dog. And he sent me a, sh- a Cthulhu sh- Cthulhu shirt from his band, The Schlongs from Hell. Yeah, no, that guy's great, and uh, yeah, I, um, I love his. Post. I just wanted to point out one thing. He, this is a this is a good point to like rookie story submitters and forum posters. Even if anti-tank dog's story is bullshit, it's still incredible. That's how you tell a story. That's how you tell a story. Like, I don't care if it's not true, because it's fucking hilarious. Yeah, you know, if you think about it, it's it's almost symbolic. It was like the build-up was like, you know, totally just up to orgasm. Just came out, and it's just like, boom, it's so worth waiting for. <laughs> Face full of horse cum. But, you know, I gotta say, I will never bitch about my job again. You know, sometimes sometimes I'll complain about my job. Like, God, I got like 50 emails today, and Microsoft Word's not working properly and keeps crashing. This sucks. I have never <laughs> once at my job got a bucket full of cum shot into my face, you know, while I'm sitting there at my desk. You know, that's never happened to me. It's it, never happened at your desk, is what you're saying. No, I'm just saying it's never happened to me <clears throat> as, as a part of my job. Like, this guy was working. Oh. He clocked in the morning, went to work, and... You know, an occupational hazard of his profession is in, you know, a face full, a facial from a stallion. And he wasn't even sitting at his desk. Totally. I mean, I, I, he might, might not even have a desk. That might, that breeding <laughs> stall might be his desk. Whereas me, you know, I'm sitting at my cubicle, you know, or my yeah. office, home office or whatever. I just, I'm never bitching about my job again. It's better than that. I'm just imagining you checking your email, drinking your morning coffee at like 8.15, and a guy comes up over the cubicle wall with like a fucking super soaker full of horse cum and just blasts you in the face. (laughs) And I'm thinking about it, and my brain feels good. (laughs) I bet it does. Sick bastard. 
Um, all right. The third story here is uh, actually this is kind of it's interesting. It's also she's commenting on um, the caller's commenting on a, a, a story that we I think uh, another caller who called in about puking at a party. I like etiquette. when the callers interact with each other. It's good. Yeah, it's good. Hey, sick and wrong. Hey, I just finished episode 296, and uh, there's this girl complaining about uh, she's almost 30, and she uh, puked in the bathroom and all this other bullshit, right? Uh, just saying, no, you shouldn't worry about that kind of stuff. I've got a puke story for you. I'm in the military. I'm in the Navy specifically, and about five or so months ago, I was on deployment. We uh, hit Bahrain. Now, Bahrain, there's nothing to fucking do there except get drunk. Now, I got drunk. I got real drunk, and when we got back on board, when you come back on board, you have to show you have to show your identification, your ID card. And uh, I got my purse open. I'm digging through it. I'm digging through it. And then I very casually open it up again, puke inside of it, and close it. <laughs> I look at the quarterdeck officer, and I say, permission to come aboard? They're pretty shocked to let me come aboard, and then I go dig my fucking puke-covered ID card out, I show it, and then I just nonchalantly keep walking. <laughs> you really shouldn't worry about some puking in the toilet story. Right. That's how they do it in the military, man. They know how to puke there. Puke and maintain composure. I always like that I, to imagine that the Sick and Wrong podcast is just ringing throughout like the bowels of a ship where there's like seven people stuffed in like a... 50 square foot cubicle like in seven bunks deep and they're all just listening to sick and wrong that makes I, me feel good i always kind of was hoping it would be more of a situation where they're like torturing like muslim like you know uh insurgents and just making them listen to sick and wrong yeah and that's, then good. that's a good like, thought too you know i know we've been not in this hiding i know just make it stop <laughs> you know i, I always kind of figured they use it like their that. voices are so nasally and high-pitched <laughs> their accents joke. are so ridiculous <laughs> They think they are so funny, but they are hateful. <laughs> no, just, I don't know. I, I, I picture them using like that. You know, mm-hmm. th- this is interesting about this girl. I mean, she said Navy, right? Navy, yes. Well, you she's know, getting onto a ship, which t- tips you off. Yeah, Marines are in ships too, but are there female Marines? I don't even want to go there because I don't know, and I'm sure I'll get yelled at if I say. I, I would say think no, but I think now maybe it's yes. I don't know. I have little knowledge of armed forces. I don't think Jews are even allowed in the armed forces. Maybe they are. <laughs> but anyway, um, I got to say, like looking back, like in retrospect, at the time when I was 18, I was like, oh my god, we used to screw, you know, mess with all the military recruitment officers. I remember we had a guy named Officer Burdick that used to come. We used to call him Officer Burdick, and they used to call us at home. Yeah, you know, Officer Bird Dick or Sergeant Bird Dick or whatever his name was. Call him. We we kept. You know, I'd I'd be like, uh, no, thank you, Officer Bird Dick. And you know, he. Well, really is upset. it still illegal not to register with the armed forces when you're 18? Yeah, because we sure. had to do that. Remember, you could be arrested by not if you weren't registered. In other countries, like in in Israel, like you it's to, a mandatory service, right? Yeah. And we don't have a to do that. But um, and a lot of like I think maybe Italy does the same thing. But we do, males have to, like, you have to go down and register at the draft office, even though there's not a draft. If they wanted to enact one, you have to go down and register. And I think that's how you get those calls, right? Because you, like, have to register. Because you register. Yeah, I think you registered at the school or something. I don't, I don't know. But anyway, at the time, I was so, like, anti-military. I was like, yeah, right. Like, I'd ever go into that. But now, thinking about it, I bet you'd get laid a lot. I bet you it was a blast. Like, I talked to a lot of people that, you know, had a military background. A lot of people had a lot of fun. In the military. You, you, go, you go get shit-faced and ports of call all over the country. 
you're in incredible shape because it's basically, you know, like like 70% of the job is sort of working out, right? Like <laughs> jogging and lifting weights and doing exercise. I mean, other than, okay, I'm not talking about like when you're actually in a battle scenario. I'm talking about oh, just no. like, God, yeah. God, no, I'm, I'm such a fucking coward. Come on. Yeah, I'm talking, I'm just about, talking like, about, you know, you're... living on base, being on the ship. And you're stationed in Taiwan and you get to go and shag a bunch of Asian chicks or, or you know, most of the time at, at Point well, of Call. Well, come on, you, you do have to pay for the Asian chicks. I mean, it costs like yeah. $15. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there there is some money involved there, but I mean, at most of these ports of call, there's like three American bars where all the Americans hang out. And these chicks have been at sea for months on end, you know, away from their husbands, away from their boyfriends. They're horny, they get drunk. I bet you it's just it's so easy to get laid in the military. Yeah, you know, it's got to be. It's got to be. I don't know. And I, you're I also in pe- you remember you're in peak physical condition, like unlike us. Yeah, it's or like me, I think we talked about that with the Olympics and everything. I don't know. <laughs> But yeah, but I gotta I gotta commend her composure on that. That that that's like true like discipline. It's like puke, puke ID on the ship, just done. Yeah, you know. Yeah, God. He should she should have given her his number, uh, him her number also alongside the pukey ID. Like, hey, if you want to you know, give me a call on my cell phone later. That's a hell of a way to hit on a guy with a puke. I ID. live on, I live in the fourth bunk up in cubicle four eighty seven B. People can call Sickerong Hotline, 206-666-3846. Uh, we got one email that came to the Sickerong Podcast at Hotmail.com address. Um, this came in from, uh, what is her name? Alfie. Her name's Alfie, which I guess is the female version of Alf. Mm, Alfie. Okay. Um, Alfie, yeah, Alfie, it looks like Alfie. Lee and Dance. My boyfriend, my sister, and I all work at the same place, though he's currently laid off from work and is at home. I'm sure the emails I get from him are flagged by the IT department. We work in a high-security building with sensitive federal information. I know certain words are watched for, and he crosses that line constantly. The other day, I asked him to find a cheap car that's good on gas. I sent him an email from work asking what he found. What he found was what it feels like to fuck himself with his own dick and that he thinks his dick is the size of a baby's leg. Confusing. What? I've lost, I've lost the yeah. thread of his story. Well, you'll get it in a second. My sister and I yeah. always listen to Sick and Wrong, and she thought it was pretty funny and to send it in. And so she includes this email thread she got from her boyfriend the other day on October 5th at work. So the boyfriend, it says boyfriend here, from the boyfriend, he writes, it's $5,200 for the 2005 Cavalier with 100,000 miles on it. Oh, an- God, don't buy a Cavalier, a Chevy Cavalier <laughs> with 100,000 miles. Are you crazy? Anyway, yeah, no, that, that transmission's about to drop. But anyway, but on another note, I think I might have hurt myself. I just passed the biggest thing of my life. Over 20 minutes sitting there, all caps, not fun. Seriously, all caps. Bigger than me doing myself. Oh, my God, all caps. You can almost give it a name. There has to be like a whole week packed into over two pounds of skinless sausage. I figure 10 ounces of it is in fact that steak from last week. Seriously, if something bad happens from this, it can't really surprise me after passing a whole baby's leg out of my sphincter. You know, I don't, I don't know. Might really, just... really descriptive about his shits to his girlfriend. Well, it's amazing because, you know, I, I, I've had girlfriends that are, that are crass and vulgar that don't, that don't mind shit talk, but I've never been that descriptive in my shit talk with my girlfriend. Have you? Yeah. I don't really think about my shits to, like, you know, come up with that level of description about them. 
No, oh, well, you're it's not more like, wow, well, oh, that was a big one, or you know, that was hard or runny, or but, but I don't sort of create a narrative and and make you know similes and metaphors and all that shit. Well, you'll find out why he does in a second. Um, so oh. then he sent this to her, his girlfriend. His girlfriend sent this to her sister. Said, "Oh my God, look what JC just sent me." And then her sister said, "Ha ha ha, that has got to be forwarded to Sick and Wrong." It's funny that this whole family situation is involved <laughs> yes. in this. So she says, I guess he got freaked out by this big shit because he has major ass problems. She's had to rush him to the hospital twice for perirectal abscesses, which are pus-filled pockets that are several inches deep right next to his asshole. The area right beside his asshole gets red and hot and he gets really sick. He has to get it lanced, cleaned, and packed with gauze as it has to heal from the inside out. Um... <laughs> She said after he came off sedation the first time, she had to walk into his room to get dressed and saw the, or, and, or to get him dressed and saw the force the pus had sprayed across the curtains in all direction, and it stunk. It's like festering pus. She says, I wonder if the doctors fought to see who could do it or drew sticks or something because it would have been like popping an awesome huge zit. See, I find that kind of disgusting. She's too. implying that it would be something that they would want to do. Yeah, they're awesome. just like, dude, the come, come on, rock, paper, scissors. I want to I pop that. I want to lance that huge abscess. Do they get to wear that big suit from the Hurt Locker when they do that? <laughs> you know, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, I picture like, like a neck guar, guard and everything. Yeah, like a guar concert or something. Just spraying out fucking pus is disgusting. Or Gallagher. Yeah. She says when he has to go shit, has to go for a shit with a packing, uh, which is a hole right next to his anus, it has to be held in place with a piece of gauze and a gloved hand. Sometimes he gets shit on the packing, and I have to cut the shitty piece and clean the hole with saline. Also, he gets the same really cute French nurse. She actually lived around the corner from us and comes every few days to change the packing. Mm. He has to strip, open his legs, and hold his balls and ass cheek up. I should really get a picture next time and send it to you guys. You'd love it. Love listening to the show. show is awesome. Keep it sick. Keep it wrong. Elfie. I don't know, Wacker. What, what do you think is the worst job? Being the French nurse who has to, like, clean this guy's packing and cut the little shit strings and, you know. Or well, does, does the girlfriend cut the shit or does the French nurse cut the shit? Well, she said she has to do it when the nurse isn't there. Oh, when but, the nurse okay, I'm just saying there. for the nurse, though. Wouldn't be a worse job. Having to do that or clean out this guy's abscesses or, uh, you know, being the guy that puts the dick in the horse, in the, the, you know, the horse dick in the horse vagina. Uh, that's, a, that's a tough thought experiment. Yeah, this is almost a thought experiment here. I almost, I almost kind of think horse cock job. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, I guess well, because it just just because it sucks when you lose sexual interest in your partner because you're too intimately involved in their medical problems, right? At least the horse thing you can be grossed out by and be done with it, right? Well, exactly. I mean, you just—it's gross. It's disgusting. You put it in there, but then you're also like, you know, I mean, yeah, it's done. It's gone. You're not like, you know, it's probably you wear huge gloves and just kind of do it. I mean, Over I'm sure face? it's scarring the first few times, but you know, just like getting molested by your uncle, you get used to it. Whereas right. this is a, you know, you can go to therapy and get over experience. It. You know, Every you time do this. she fucks this guy, she's going to imagine this big pussy fucking hemorrhoid thing that he's got going on. I, I would like to ask, though, not to cast doubts upon the story, but what HMO does this guy belong to where a hot French nurse comes around to redress his asshole wound? 
Yeah, I, I don't know about that. I've never had when I, that. When I had my hernia, hernia surgery, you know, they want to do like a follow-up, you know, a couple weeks later to see if you're all right. That consisted of the Indian doctor calling me and talking to me for about three minutes and me saying... Him saying, well, do you feel fine? And me going like, I guess I feel kind of good, but I still have some pain here and there and click. <laughs> you didn't get this no, hot no, French No hot nurse. French nurse was coming around and like inspecting the scar or anything. Much wonder, less like repeatedly coming by. I wonder if she wears a French nurse outfit. I hope for fucking That would be kind of hot. You know, I wonder, this is what I wonder about this story. Is how long, she said boyfriend, not husband. Would you do this for your girlfriend? I guess it depends on how long you've been involved, but I'm talking well, it like... Depends, it been, also depends how hot she is. And how hot <laughs> she is, she's yeah. like, If she's just three or four points above your normal range, even if you've only been dating for a month, you're like, I can put up with this. I can deal. I can deal with it. Maybe yeah, it'll get better. It's a little better. weird. Maybe it's a little yeah. gross, but I can deal with this because I'm fucking this chick that's way, way above my range. If but she's I'm in your range it, or even like a little bit below... Fuck, you give her the boot. I don't know, man. It's got to be... I couldn't do this. I could not do it. I would be disgusted. I would lose sexual interest completely in my partner. Yeah. I mean, I guess if if I was married and, uh, you know, I had to, I'd do it, but... <laughs> you sound so enthusiastic. This should, be, this should be in your vows. Maybe we could just like play this recording if you ever get married. Uh, this, if you were to deign to make me your best man. You, would I'm you basically going to tell you why you shouldn't. No, I was just going to bring this recording up and be like, this ass is what he said about if his future <laughs> wife had an ass injury. <laughs> Click, play. It'll, be, it'll go over very well. All I got to say, this has got to be true love. This this Alfie obviously truly does love her boyfriend. I mean, yeah. above and beyond, if you ask me. It's like yeah. a Hollywood romance movie. They should put you know Hugh Grant and uh, Julia Dreyfus in it. Or Roberts, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> People, you can email the show at sickandwrongpodcasthotmail.com. Uh, if you haven't already, uh, you know, the Sick and Wrong Forum is a cool place to hang out and learn the internet. It's, it's a good way to be introduced to the internet, especially if you're a child and you don't know much about the internet. I think you just get on the Sick and Wrong Forum and, yeah, just hang out with a bunch of hateful people and see things that you'll never be able to unsee. It'll probably scar you for life. When you download the Firefox installation file, like if you have a new computer, they should just preload it with the first page you go to is the second wrong forum. Yeah, I, th- I think how that much, should how be How much it. money would we have to pay to make that happen? Like two or $300? I don't know. I think if you got on uh, Keith and the Girl, though, it may happen. <laughs> shh, shh, that's a secret. <laughs> uh, go to sickwrongpodcast.com, click on forum, join up today. As always, thank you for subscribing to the show on iTunes. That actually does really help us out. Uh, you know, we're we're still close to the thousand ratings, but we're really at you know we're like twenty five ratings away. We're nine seventy five. I checked today. It's been a while. We're trying since to get to get to a thousand by the end of the year. That means we almost have to have like one every couple of days. Right? Some some guy posted a rating saying uh, it was a five star rating. He said something like, "I love this show." Like a French guy loves being naked in a trench coat. I don't really know what that means, but I like I like I like where he's going with that. So, people, just go subscribe to the show on iTunes. Leave us a rating. Give us a five star review. We we appreciate. It. Helps us uh, get exposure, learn new fa- you know, get new fans. Also, people, make sure you buy a T shirt now, right now at the Sick and Wrong store. I you know it's funny today. I I sent out six T shirts and I looked at it. We're almost out of the Quado tees. 
And I ordered a lot I, of them. I've That's, got mine. Yeah, you know, and we're on, we're running out of the Quad OTs. I'm not sure if I'm going to order some more. Maybe. Maybe we're going to change up the design. But Glitter we, shit? Yeah, we have a few left. So people go to stickeronpodcast.com, click on store, and get a Quad OT before we run out. It's my favorite t-shirt of the bunch. This yeah, I think it's the best one we've ever done. Um, finally, the sick and wrong song of the week. Uh, this came in from, uh, you know what? I didn't even print this guy's name. Uh, oh, no, he's a forum member. A fetus to feed us is his name on the forum. <laughs> fetus to feed us. He All says, right. hello, sick and wrong. Thanks for keeping me so entertained over this last year. As I caught up with your backlog while usually working inside a cubicle surrounded by office hags. I know that life. I'm almost through the episodes and have developed a wet boner for the show. That's unnerving. I just listened to an older Wackerly only show where he broke out his idea notebook and mentioned an idea about the play The Iceman Cometh. Uh, I have no recollection of that, but I do love that play and movie. I'm trying to think. That was a Eugene O'Neill, right? Yeah. The play was written by Eugene O'Neill and involved like a... if I, if I remember correctly, it's been a few years, but a bunch of drunks. Yes, it's all a set bar. in a bar in like the 1920s. Some or guy murdered some earlier. chick or something. Right? Wasn't that well, Someone that's mur- kind of giving away the thing, but okay. Yeah, there's, there's just a lot of people from different walks of life who live in this bar and have pipe dreams uh, of like uh, aspirations of things that they're never actually going to accomplish because they're just going to sit in this bar until they fucking die. Yeah. Exactly. Um, he says he. Uh, my band recorded a song called The Iceman Cometh that I thought I'd share. Also, the thought of D smelling Wackerly's new vagina almost blew my cover in, a, in cubicle land. <laughs> Keep up the spectacular commentary. Forum member of Fetus to Fetus. The band is called Shudge, which rhymes with budge. And uh, the song is called The Iceman Cometh. And I got to say, dude, I like it. I like it a lot. It sounds like Maiden. It's, you oh, know, I love Maiden. Recently, I've been digging that new wave of British heavy metal sound. And uh, if you, you know, um, when I was in San Francisco, Joe, who's been on the show before, gave me a Diamond Head. You ever listen to them? No. Are they good? I'll check them out. Older band. They Are they did... kind of in that vein of operatic metal from the 80s? Yeah, they're like late 70s, early 80s. They did the song Am I Evil? Metallica covered it. Um, great, great band. Angel Witch is another one. Iron Maiden. Oh, so of... when you say new wave of British metal, you're not talking about current wave of British metal. No, th- this is like... So new wave of British heavy metal was like... So Judas Priest and Sabbath were like early 70s, and then the late 70s and early 80s had this resurgence of British heavy metal, so they called it the new wave of British heavy metal. Oh, I thought you were talking about new music. Yeah, I've probably so, heard all this shit, right? Oh, yeah. I'm sure you've heard Diamond Head. They're Maybe kind of not. Famous but, band. Yeah, but lately, I've been out. on this new wave of British heavy metal kick. And so I listened to this, this guy's band here, Shudge, doing this Iceman Cometh. And got to say, I like it. Sounds a lot like Maiden. So um, <laughs> thank you for sending that in. Uh, we're going to end the show here. Second wrong song of the week with the Iceman Cometh by Shudge. Uh, people nice. stay tuned for next week. It's going to be the, the big 300th episode. What's going to happen? I'm What's going to happen? You know, this is a major cliffhanger. There's going to be a major transformation, some massive changes, big announcement. Stay tuned. You know, this is this is the cliffhanger right here. Who knows? This is the cliffhanger. You know, who knows what's going to happen back, you know, next week. Will it be our final show? I don't know. I'm Will it be say. one of our final show? It might be one of our final shows. Will there be a new Darren? 
Will there be a new Darren on Sick and Wrong? I guess you're going to have to stay tuned next week when we'll be back with episode 300. Till then, take it sleazy. Good night.
today, and they said they come using laptops that I can't touch on a network that I'm locked out of. Oh, I forgot that I'm a janitor, and I'm clean. Like, two bathrooms, two water fountains. These fucking fucks I'm vacuuming. Oh, good gravy. When confronted, I was like, yeah, you know what? I need my porn. Well, they didn't find that amusing. And they threatened to fire me, but I was like, you know what? I'm not an idiot, so check your your, your timing thing, and they refuse, so fuck them fucking, fucking, fucking cocksuckers, fucking fucks.